Good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there, and welcome to this episode number 296 of the Material Podcast. I am Andy Anatko. And I am Florence Ion. 296 episodes, Andy. We just keep we just keep this train on moving. We keep on moving along. Only four more before we get to have cake. Everybody oh my gosh, I can't make wait. plans in one month's time. You got you have an excuse for cake. <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, and that's it, gonna be so good. Okay. And even even if you're like the kind of house where like you live like two doors down for a bakery, which and like every time you go out to get the mail, you may as well check to see if they got like a day old like birthday cake or a wedding cake that never got picked up, God forbid. And so we can have cake whenever you want. Have another cake on us. Well, not we're not gonna pay for it, but use use the justification for us mm-hmm. exactly we're, we're certainly having cake we're there i'm looking forward to the cake that i will be having <laughs> i just wrote it down in my little planner um <laughs> andy i tweeted you last night because unfortunately we're a little late this week on the podcast um you know i i, I need child care so i'm just gonna put that out there <laughs> it's, it's just the realities of the world we're in right now and, and i and... need adult supervision it, it all works out <laughs> exactly so um so last night i was just like trying to calm my brain down. We were doing our routine watching of Columbo last night being Wednesday night. I still hadn't talked to Andy yet. Um, Andy and I, you know, we really, I feel Andy, you and I have really found like some camaraderie in, in just like TV and this kind of media. And so I've been really sticking to watching through the whole (laughs) Columbo series. I'm in the last seasons now. Oh, dear. I mean, the 90s seasons, um, I kind of stumbled upon it because they were showing this particular era of episodes on Cozy TV, which is a channel on cable. And um, last night I watched the episode with and there's a spoiler alert for anybody who's like really committed to watching Columbo without knowing what's happening. But you might end up watching it anyway, because this episode has William Shatner in it. William Shatner with a really disgusting mustache, like like weird wire mustache as if it was like drawn on with a gray Sharpie. It's just it's like this unnatural way. He is a provocative radio uh, DJ and he is kind of. He's a real piece of work. Wait, no, that's not the episode that was terrible. Sorry. Let me backtrack. I watched two episodes last night. That's why I got confused. That was, was actually a it good wasn't episode. A, wasn't it, yeah, if, that it was, was a good you episode. Got, you got Shatner, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it back. That was a really good episode. Watch that one. That's a traditional Columbo-ish can one. I, can, I, can I say that also? He, uh, he was also a Columbo murderer in the in the golden age of Columbo. He was, yeah. In which, in which he was cast as a conceited no talent, but very, very popular actor. Exactly. Yeah. So, somehow, I, somehow he, he he clicked into that. You did that one, William Shatner. Uh, so it was the one after that, um, which is like, it's this like Goodfellas wannabe arc where there's like puzzle pieces involved, but, and there's like a rat race involved in this situation. And they're all trying to like find the pieces of this puzzle for like this $4 million that was apparently buried by a mobster somewhere. And it somehow turns into Columbo, like speaking Italian and he's from the familia Columbo. And it's just like, like, I know Columbo's Italian. I understand that there's a backstory to this, but I actually don't need it. And it's super weird because L.A. is not like it's Italian, you know, like Italian is New Jersey. It's New York. And it worked just fine in Casino. It worked there just fine. It it does not work in L.A. So that's what I wanted to 
to tell Andy about. That I was like, oh, I can't wait to tell Andy about all my yeah. thoughts about this episode. So we're putting it on the record for it's our really listeners. yeah. See, this is this is the the revival uh, seasons nineteen ninety four. It's I think. it's a reboot. It's yeah. it and and so well, I was saying it, last night I was like tell me that this is not a terrible reboot yeah. like we should it, alert this this was see this is this came in the in the in the wake of uh, uh of the popularity of murder she wrote and this is but this is when they started right. saying ooh if if elderly people like like to see Angel, Angela Lansbury again maybe they'll like to see other like old this is this is how we got Matlock this is how we got largely how we got Columbo back on the air. Because yeah, it turned out to be isn't it? It's it stopped being like traditional Columbo and it started being uh, okay, fine. We'll do this sort of like murder heist sort of thing, and oh, we'll do what we'll do one which the Columbo drops into the raves, the L.A. rave scene. Okay, and I like it, that episode. <laughs> I get yeah, it's 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 tough. Each it's, their own. You know, it's it's like when like it, Ella Fitzgerald or 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 Frank Sinatra <laughs> records a disco album. It's fun to watch. It's it's also painful to watch if you it, were a fan. Oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But listen, don't worry about Peter Falk, everyone. May he rest in peace. Um, he was the executive producer on that on that season, so I know he got paid the big bucks. He got so, he got some money on the back end. Yeah, exactly. No, but it's, it's even at all. I will I will t- let this take over the entire episode, even though I could. But yeah, the the and, and even when there were like mur- actual murders, like an actual like the 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 template of a regular Columbo, you don't feel as though the writers put as much effort into it as they did in the old days. There's there is one uh there's there's one in which uh, Billy Connolly was the murderer and the the clever way in which the murder came up was that it uh, it relied on the fact that while the murderer was like downstairs in a, in this studio conducting an orchestra, the murder victim who was secretly ghostwriting all of this famous conductor's music, he he had the habit of going climbing up onto the top of the roof and like air conducting along, and it just so happened that there was some sort of like a a a, 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 a like warehouse lift system that elevator that could be yes. sent above and knock him over. Yes. And it was like, oh, honey, <laughs> that was, there, there's a better way. There, there, there's got to be a better way to figure out how to kill a guy than that. That's, oh. <sighs> it's nice. It's nice to see the cars. Nice to see the raincoat. But I feel as though I, uh, but let me, let me just leaven that with uh, one of the, actually two of the best murders, uh, uh, alibis that I that in the entire series I think were in late Columbo. It was the uh, it, it, it it was it was one where the alibi for the murderer was oh well I cu- I couldn't have possibly uh, where, where were you when the when this person got killed like oh well I I you know we're you know with that we were all together for uh, for the generals like big big oh, birthday yeah, celebration yeah. and I I had to set up I had to set up this immense huge diorama because the shipment was late and we were, we were supposed to do it yesterday but i had to do it and as you could see as the immensity of this diorama it could not i couldn't possibly 
have done this in less than five or six hours. And there was a good, there was a good, what you like is a good smug reveal at the end. And that was we're we're going to get so many Google ads for Flumbo now. Anyway, speaking I would, of I would uh, <laughs> Google TV. Well, I'll speak, I'll speak, I'll, I'll speak of mysteries. So I'll just report that uh, as, as you know, the saga, my, my Google TV remote is missing. I kind of thought that uh, a, a bedroom remote, the thing is, if you if you are a responsible adult, or even if you're like me, and you decide if if your if your days of your, of your college days and twenties are far enough behind you that you realize that it's gross not to change the sheets on your bed, like right. like let a couple of weeks go by. Okay, this is a self solving problem. I'll use my phone as as my remote. In a couple of weeks, I'll be changing my bed, which means I'll be pulling it away from the pulling it away from from the from the wall. Right. Stripping it down, and I'll find it. I didn't. I did that like last weekend. I didn't find it. Okay, but the pro- now. So that's pro- that's that's problem number one. But the dark turn happened when I was watching TV last night again, using my phone as a remote, mm-hmm. and uh, it I suddenly like it, it lost this connection. <laughs> it lost this connection to the internet, and uh, without thinking, I did the thing that you just kind of automatically do, which is. Ah, dang it. Okay. Well, I bet that if I just reset the Wi-Fi connection, it'll come. Uh, it'll reconnect. And so, use the phone to like navigate, navigate, navigate. Turn the Wi-Fi off. Great. And then turn the Wi-Fi. Oh, that's right. My phone remote doesn't work anymore because I just told Google Chromecast to turn off the method by which this phone remote is being used to and i honestly don't know now if it's even possible because I, I believe that if i were to unplug it and replug it back in it would remember the last setting so i might have to buy a new google chromecast i don't know you can buy just the remote i think it's like 25 bucks it's half the cost of the chromecast and then you know and then we have podcast father fodder i can never say that word <laughs> Well, we we also we will also have like a reason to see if if I if I spend the whole fifty bucks, that's like maybe like listeners will pity me and sign up for more memberships and uh-huh. and, and cause us to get more money to cover up. Even though uh, even though I will pretend that this was all just I just I just manufactured all this to add some drama and levity to our intros, as opposed to no, I really am that feeble that I managed to lose a remote Listen, in the one place where it's remote. almost impossible to, to it's lose. It's a it. small remote, okay? It's it's fine. You are very justified, Andy. Most remotes are a little longer and wider so that they don't get lost between yeah. couch cushions and underneath beds and you know, in between boxes. Um, so I feel you, but I also feel like this is a really good little opportunity for us to segue uh into into the whole membership thing that you were mentioning earlier. Oh, Russ, we there. We have some. We have some movement. We have some things. We new, have some movement. New things. New things that we're considering, or actually, yes. no, that we're actually doing. Um, we've got some extra, some some special extra bonus episodes planned. Uh, like we say at the end of the at the end of every show, part of your if you sign up for memberships, you get uh, special bonus episodes. Uh, not only from us, but from everybody at Relay FM. That that's mm-hmm. only available to uh, to members. Uh, and now we're listening to this new the the new Recode podcast every single we week. Are. And we, Land and the, of the Giants, the Land of the Giants, which is all about the history of Google. Uh, and it would be kind of nice to have a combination of Oprah's book club 
and the uh what's what's the what's the thing they do on bravo uh the after the 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 the, the one where they get all everyone who's just on the episode of the reality tv the show. reunion exactly <laughs> and the, 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 the big wine flinging shade throwing reunion yes. a combination of that we do we want to do an episode in which we kind of <laughs> catharticize this experience that we've had but uh, with sources exactly <laughs> with sources Ooh, so so now we've justified cake and like Cheap Zinfandel. Oh, 100%. 100. Zinfandel, Andy? Chardonnay? You couldn't even go for a Chardonnay. Yeah, let's see. come on. We're doing spritz, okay? Okay, fine. We're going to do spritz. Uh, which, by the way, is when you add carbonated water to the none, white wine. None, none, none of the best people drink rosé. Yeah. Anyway, okay, before we go on a wine talk, actually, this is good because if you join us for the bonus episode, then you can bring yourself a glass of wine and listen to us and we can be like a real book club. We'll be in our cozies. We'll light some candles. And um, we're not entirely sure like when exactly this episode is going to publish yet. You do have to be, again, a member of Relay FM to get access to this upcoming episode that we are teasing. We will have more details for you in the next few weeks. Um, I'm kind of... I want to see how many episodes this <laughs> podcast is going to be, and then we'll kind of let you know. Uh, and then the idea there is take mental notes as you're listening, or if you want, you could take your own paper notes and then just come prepared to listen to us discuss. <laughs> but it's, not yeah. not even. Bef- before we get to the recording session, remember, we recently revamped our email. We revamped our Twitter account. So the idea is come and chat with us there. Chat with us at Material Podcast. Tell us what you think if you're listening to the podcast along with us, Land of the Giants podcast. Um, send us an email if you have like a longer comment. Maybe maybe you want to say something about the fact that if you're listening to the podcast, I feel like they should advertise on the show now because we're doing this. <laughs> but um, there's some interesting stuff in there. Like, they refer to Larry Page and Sergey Brin as Larry Sergey, Larry <laughs> Sergey, because they're just this one entity. And so maybe you have something to say about that. Send us an email. Should, maybe they, it's something they, that okay, you'll hear. I, I already have a comment. They they should just call him Laggy. I don't know. I feel like that would take away from the whole journalistic investigation part of that if they just called him Laggy. See, that's more Bravo. True. That's, oh, and, that's an okay, Andy Cohen so, move. And, and since uh, <laughs> since I've since I've sort of like you know infested this with like Bravo reality television, yes. this is not this is not going to be like one of those like reaction videos where it's like we're, yeah. watch YouTube keeps showing me these re- suggesting these reaction videos. I still I'm, don't yeah, understand them. The where same. it's like so I'm supposed to watch you as you're watching another video. Okay, well, and and you you're. you're God, God bless you for monetizing this. I'm just not sure what's in it for me. I mean, I want people watch to watch me unbox things and play with toys. So is it really any different? <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, if that's something you're interested in, relay.fm slash material is our homepage on the internet. And that's where you can find out more information about memberships. And Andy, can I make one little announcement before we go to ad? Absolutely. Guys, if you're a member of Relay FM, you get to join the Discord community. And you all know how much I love Discord. <laughs> and I'm on it. And, you know, I have my own Discord and everything, which is great. I love our little community. But yes, Relay FM has one too. And in there, we have a Google channel. So anybody who's listening who's a member, like, come chat with us in the Google channel because that's where I'll be. <laughs> that's where I'll be. So this is, this, if, uh, if you just need to know. Where I, I am. I, I hope to participate as well, although I will I have to I have to warn everybody that like 
I, I, I cherish the fact that I, or cherish the illusion that there is no, there's no like wall between like my sensibilities and the rock and soul sensibilities of millennials and, and generation Z. It's, gr- it's sort of like a gray zone that sort of transitions. The one place where it's just one of these like border walls happens to be discord. It's like, here's me. And here's the people who are younger than me that are like, Oh, discord. I know exactly what that is. And it integrates with well, my entire well, life. We'll find we'll find your niche. There's the thing like voice calls on there that I'm thinking, why aren't we using stuff like that for Clubhouse? But anyway, the Clubhouse <laughs> style chats. But anyway, anyway, neither here nor there. We do have to go to ad and then yes, we'll exactly. get back. Andy, we've got a lot to bite into. We've got a lot to talk about. But first, this. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how good your content or how effective your marketing, they'll most likely bounce if your website is loading too slow. With real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance issues affect your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted. How your visitors experience your website differs depending on the browser, device, and platform they use. So you want to identify how visitors are experiencing your website so you can make informed optimizations and deliver a great performance to those who matter the most. Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability, meaning you can monitor millions of page views without actually compromising the fidelity of your historical data or breaking the bank in the process. So get live visitor insights today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash realafm right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then when you sign up, use our code material at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, the other shoe that I think you've been waiting for for the past few weeks has dropped. Uh, there was some foreshadowing involved when we said, uh, reported the news that uh, co-founder of Google's ethical AI research team, Margaret Mitchell, uh, had had all of her Google accounts and Google access access locked without warning uh, just about uh, two or three weeks ago that this was going to be a precursor to Google finding a reason to dispose of yet another uh, co-founder of an ethical AI researcher. And of course, uh, just a few days ago, she tweeted the simple word, the simple words, I've been fired. And yeah, that's uh, that's <sighs> what uh, that's what's happened. If her firing comes uh, just two months after uh, Dr. Tim Gebru's, uh, her Google accounts, again, were locked down about a month ago. And uh, the Google did release a statement, uh, quote, after conducting a review of this manager's conduct, we confirmed that there were multiple multiple violations of our code of conduct oh margaret 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 oh margaret as don't be well evil as, is no longer a code of conduct yes. for uh, as well of, uh, as well as as, as well as of our security policies which included the exfiltration of confidential business sensitive documents and private data of i other knew employees. i knew that they were gonna get her on that because that is like that is a uh, textbook case of you did something wrong we fired you yeah, you that's, know what I mean. That, that is that's just now, a common business thing. That's not exclusive to Google. It's yeah, esp- really especially especially in a loophole. tech company, and especially yeah. in a company like Google, where you're dealing with personal information. That there has to be uh, there. There is a very very clearly understood uh, understood rule that you do not here is here is the bucket that you are allowed to carry data in. You do not take any data. It's Anthony Lewandowski's go- fault. Okay, you just got to blame him because he took all. 
Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make light no, of this. Let us continue. The, we sh- we sh- we shall continue. Um. So, but so let's acknowledge that if Google was looking to fire her for cause, she did give them a good cause to, right, to lean right, into. Right. Right. Um. It is disappointing mm-hmm. that, as with uh, Dr. Gibru's uh, termination, Google's statements are public statements are hiding behind claims of standard procedures and rules and disavowing Google of having any agency in the decision whatsoever. You'll recall that when uh, Dr. Gebru was let go, it was, oh, well, gosh, she t- she submitted her resignation, which we, of course, were heartbroken to have to accept when she said, well, actually, no, I said that here's some con- here's some things that I really wish to have settled. And if not, then we should talk about like, you know, other things, uh, including my including my eventual departure. Great. Um, you're fired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so the the also but but the thing is, it does bear mentioning that the code of conduct and security violations that uh, Dr. Mitchell committed, they were related to her use of scripts uh, that she was she wrote and ran to corroborate and document the issues inside of Google that led to Dr. Gebru's termination. The the culture and the problems that uh, the ethical AI team was having uh, simply getting work done under the umbrella of uh, of uh, of Google. Um, in her own words, she said that uh, she did this stuff to quote to raise concerns about race and gender inequity and speak up about Google's problematic firing of Dr. Gebru. Uh, so. We've we've talked about this a couple times before. Um, I'm pretty much disgusted with Google's track record and yearning for them to be more transparent about exactly where their thought process, processes go and why they seem to have problems holding on to some of people who are working with for ethical use of technology. Um, but I think that it's probably a good opportunity, given how many how much uh, these players have been. Uh, speaking of their own words on Twitter to let their own words speak. And uh, before the firing uh, on February 15th, uh, Dr. Mitchell uh, tweeted a long, long tweet thread that was really, really on the money as far as what her feelings were. Uh, She says, good day world entering week five of being locked out of work after witnessing something very wrong wrought by my superiors targeting Timnit Gebru. Exhausted by the endless degradation to save face for the upper crust in tech at the expense of minorities' lifelong careers. Constant judgment and alienation as a computer science research scientist who doesn't look slash talk like what is accepted of tech women is exhausting. You already know who defines what is, quote, accepted, unquote, and how intensely that ejects tech minorities. In other words, even after being a world expert with a long and productive career, I still have not made it to a stage in tech where my thoughts or analytical abilities seem to particularly matter. Worse than that, they're regularly regarded as wrong. Being constantly treated as wrong in a system that creates more barriers and less opportunities for you compared to your male peers is not great. If you care about your career, you have to therefore, quote, fight, unquote, to remove the additional barriers, see, e.g., my current barrier. All my professional work is actively being taken from me and has been for weeks. So I have to start my work from scratch while being shunned. Yeah, you know, I can really relate to that, uh, (laughs) being in the industry, and um, I can relate to all of that. And I think that's why, in particular, this story is hitting so hard, um, because, you know, there's a greater movement to just, we don't want to be treated like garbage anymore. 
You know who I'm talking about when I say we. All right. I don't need to keep on expanding it. And a lot of the discourse around what's been going on with Google's AI team uh, in the last couple of months, I'm really pleased to see that there is still discourse around this because this happened to Timnit Gebru like back uh, around the last holiday season. So it's been going on for a couple of months week, now. Yeah. Exactly. And so this has been going on for a couple of months, which means, you know, there. this is part of what the movement has been about. And um, and again, a lot of the discourse I've seen around this has been like, hey, Google, why are you doing all this PR mess ups? Like you you tell us exactly what you want us to think and hear um, about what you're doing at the company to keep these things from happening. And yet we can't help but seeing like you keep these things keep happening, like these yeah. people keep sort of perpetuating the narrative that you don't want people to have about you. Um, I know yeah. it's a big company, but like. Yeah, and, and we get, uh, I've seen online and, and as part of the conversation around this uh, in Reddit and other message boards. And also I've received uh, emails and, uh, and uh, tweets from people who are saying, Oh God, why, why, uh, why are they getting so much attention? Look, she she broke the rules about security. You get fired. That's it. Right. Uh, Dr. Gebru said, hey, gave them an ultimatum, says, do this or I walk. And they said, okay, great. You get to walk. And it's uh, why this is that's as simple as it is. It really, it really isn't. And one of the this is one of the reasons yeah. why I do like in this particular instance to quote what she and the other players and other people who are working in the team have been saying because this is not two people who are just they were fired because they kept saying mean things about their employers and they kept breaking breaking rules um the intensity of some of the things they're saying here's february 19th uh, was the day in which she was fired this is uh, her tweets uh, just simply i'm fired yeah, end of week five. I'm in too much pain to articulate much of anything useful. My God. Fire, firing Tim Nitgebru created a domino effect of trauma for me and the rest of the yeah. team. And I believe we are being increasingly punished for that trauma. Uh, short yeah. and, and effective, yeah. Yeah, I, I relate so much. It was a little, it was a little triggering to see some of this played out because it, by the way, it's, it's, I don't know what it was. I know we were talking about like Mercury being in retrograde and you're like, come on, Flo, why are you doing this? But look, <laughs> last week I saw way too much just on Twitter exclusively of uh, of of people getting fired for the wrong reasons um, or leaving their their tech jobs because they spoke up about an injustice and the managers were like, all right, leave. We're not doing that. So it's really disheartening to see that happening like in a chunk and I saw a lot of that happening one after the other last week. It kind of laid heavy on me a little. It did. Look, I don't work in the tech industry. I report about it. And I look at it as sort of, you know, a an analyst, an onlooker. But this stuff still affects me at the end of the day because I work in tech journalism. And so what is cool and happening in Silicon Valley eventually like works its way over to this industry that is in parallel. And um, this stuff is... It's heavy, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad, it's, I'm glad it's getting the media it needed to get all this time. I'm glad to see the big tech sites covering all of this stuff now. Finally, yeah. it's not just like these threads on Twitter that are hiding only if you're following the right people. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and selfishly, I'm glad that I have a microphone in front of me at this right. point in time. 
um, because this is a great this privilege is, that we have, honestly. Yeah, exactly. Because there's there's there there's way too way too much of tech journalism. I think has been co opted by the marketing needs of big companies where. This is this is the day in which an embargo drops on pre on this hot new hardware, and it was all arranged so that Apple or Google mm-hmm. or Nvidia or whatever could get the entire news cycle. Because here's when twelve really big, immense YouTube YouTube channels are doing their big videos on things like that. And the thing is, there's responsibility. There are people there 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 are people who do that sort of stuff well. There's people who are more interested in other stuff. I'm glad that there are people who are covering all sides of the street on this. Mm-hmm. And this is this is where, uh, I, again, I'm I'm old. <laughs> I'm Generation X. The latest generation is a couple of letters beyond me. I I'm no longer quite as interested in reviewing the latest shiny phone on the day of release as I once was. This is the sort of stuff that concerns me uh, nowadays. And also the advance of social media does give us access to way more voices on this. And right, there was, yeah. there is one long thread that I absolutely, it's, I hope you'll forgive me for reading the entire thing because we're, we're not inside Google. Uh, but researchers like Dr. Emily Denton, who's a research scientist on the ethical AI team, mm-hmm. is uh, inside Google, uh, still is employed by Google as of Thursday night. And she uh, actually tweeted this long, long and uh, just compelling thread uh, about what it was like working with these two researchers uh, and just, yes, just yesterday, just last night. I'd like to read it in its entirety. Again, this is uh, tweeted by Dr. Emily Denton uh, of the ethical AI team. As I process the abrupt firing of my manager, Margaret Mitchell, and Tim, uh, my, and Tim Gebru's firing, I keep coming back to the incredible feat they achieved in building such an incredibly diverse team and one that truly thrived for a time within the confines of the corporate structures that are at best not designed to support us and at worst set up to harm us. They built a team with such intentionality, with a, system, with a vision of inclusivity that they embodied, not just talked about. Their leadership and managerial style was and is rooted in care and compassion. They provided a safe and supportive environment that drew in folks from so many underrepresented groups within Google and tech more broadly and who might not have been able to thrive elsewhere. They were acutely aware of the structural barriers preventing those who deviate from the prototypical Google mold from moving into positions of power as well as the mechanisms that consolidate power and protect abusers. And they talked about these things, gave language to shared experiences, held space for others when they reached out and built support networks in the process. In doing so, they challenged the status quo and put themselves in vulnerable positions time and time again. They also understood intimately that our research couldn't be divorced or abstracted away from the lived realities of how AI systems are developed and deployed in ways that intersect with multiple forms of oppression. And that to meaningfully work in this area means one must also continually examine the systems of power and privilege operative in our own lives and communities, including our academic communities and within our respective institutions. They also created space where interdisciplinary research could thrive, research that is critical to understanding and intervening in the harms perpetuated by AI systems, but that was previously undervalued. They quite literally altered the landscape of Google research, shifting what kinds of research was valued and recognized as critical. So much of the work they did here 
remains invisible outside the company or even outside a small network within. I felt so deeply supported in my research and as an individual by Timnit Gebru and Margaret Mitchell. I feel the pain and anger of their firing against a backdrop of immense gratitude for having the opportunity to work with and learn from such talented and visionary researchers. Even now, while dealing with the aftermath of being fired in such an awful manner, they continue to remain focused on caring for and supporting members of the team navigating an uncertain and increasingly unsafe environment. Thank you both so much. That is, that is uh, intense. Uh, intense and it makes you, it, it, it encourages everybody to think about the sort of leadership that inspires someone who work with these people to write so eloquently and so directly and at length. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Denton still works at Google. She is certainly sticking her neck out by posting at length about this and uh, and posting being such a uh, a long and uh, unequivocal show of support. That mm-hmm. is that it demonstrates that these two are the kind of leaders that you want in an organization. The kind of people that not only have a positive effect within their immediate portfolio, but also inspire and empower other people who don't just simply tell people, point at places and get their people to go to those places, but simply have a positive effect on their lives and their outlook simply by being, being above them in the, in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, in the org chart. Um, it just, it's just disappointing that Google has found has uh, th- that Google has found procedural reasons to let two of these leaders go as opposed to mm, keeping them mm. inside where they can continue to point at cracks in the foundation and help actively help the company repair that foundation and make it better than new. It's very disappointing from my perspective. Um, we have, there is one more like little URL associated with this. Do we want to just, um, point people to the show notes to, uh, yep. We have, we have, uh, in the interest of time. Exactly. We ha- we will have, uh, we will have, uh, links to everything that we're talking about. Also these, uh, Twitter feeds that, that, that was also, uh, I have to, I have to point out that uh, as I was over the past weeks, as I've been like following these stories and following all these commentators that line that uh, that uh, Dr. Emily Denton mentioned about people from so many diverse backgrounds and origins that might not have found a welcome place and other and uh, other companies so i i am spending time like on their uh, personal web pages as linked to that they link to from twitter mm-hmm. and they have pictures and from their personal lives and uh, roller derby and all these activities they're in, and you just see how many times have you seen like a group, like a, a corporate group photo of oh here is our leadership and this, and you basically get rubber stamp versions of the same person over and over and over and over and over again, and usually the sort of person that you've seen in commercials <laughs> over and over and over again. Yep. Whereas every time everyone like, is, it looks like Chris Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, whereas every time boring. That, no no we are diverse he deserves that okay after the stuff his brother pulled anyway sorry keep going but no but uh, that's that's uh, whereas you see every every time i click on that link and i see the person's homepage and just see that yep that that's 
that's not the Chris Pat. The Chris, that's not Chris Pratt. <laughs> that's not that is that is somebody that uh, th- these are friends of mine that when I ask them how did the interview go, uh, they don't have to be explicit to me about what happened when the great phone inter- the, the the great response to their resume and the great response to the phone interview uh, turned different when they showed up in person. Uh, right, and this is why it was. I feel as though Google has lost something very, very important. Um, but the moving on slightly, they're this uh, firing, of course, uh, God loving, God loving a, uh, a a cheap twist of coincidence. Uh, Google had uh, at the same around the same time, Google had completed their uh, previously promised review of Dr. Gibbs' termination uh, and had sort of a town hall meeting on Friday, announcing some organizational and procedural changes uh, for the AI group. Most prominently, the uh, there is a new position, uh, Dr. Marion Croak, who is a vice president of engineering with Google with more than uh, for more than six years, uh, with a very very prestigious portfolio of research and work, uh, primarily in voice over uh, over IP, uh, will be leading a brand new entity at Google that seems to be formally named the Center of Expertise on Responsible AI. Uh, that was an, I first saw that that uh, phrase inside uh, a Google blog post announcing this move, and I thought it was just like, oh, this is a descriptive name. But uh, there were a couple of interviews with her in which she seemed to, uh, with the way she said, center of expertise on responsible AI. The, the letters seemed to be capitalized the way that she was saying it. So uh, for, until until demonstrated otherwise, I'm going to assume that's the name of an actual office. Um, she will also be managing 10 different teams at Google, including ethics and, and AI. And she will be reporting directly to senior vice president Jeff Dean. Uh, this was accompanied with a, a sort of a staged interview, uh, remote. Uh, the, in the video, she sounded a little bit vague. I mean, you look at the very, very direct uh, and passionate and highly informed and uh, uh, clear statements about the role of ethics and AI and the importance of doing this, what needs to be done and, and uh, why it needs to be done very, very well that have been uh, done by the two previous leaders of this team. And there's none of that in the, in uh, Dr. Croak's conversation. Um, she, uh, she was being interviewed or being led through this conversation by a senior program manager at Google. And he asked her for examples of what she would pursue in this center of expertise as the new head. And she just seemed to waffle about, oh, well, we day one, we're going to methodically look at every AI project. And then she kind of transitioned into talking about ways that AI has been used in a beneficial way, it, which seemed more like a promotional thing for artificial intelligence, particularly Google AI. It seemed, at least in this very, very public, uh, public statement, to be uninf- uninterested in confronting some of the big, big issues of, uh, of ethics and AI that really have been, haven't been given that kind of attention. Um, suffice to say, it's again, pretty much the opposite of how doctors Gibber and Mitchell used to address these issues. Um, I'm going to give uh, you, here is an extended quote from the video that also appears in the official blog post. This is, uh, this is, uh, Dr. Croak speaking. This field, the field of responsible AI and ethics, is new. Most institutions have only developed principles, and they're very high-level abstract principles in the last five years. There's a lot of dissension, a lot of conflict in terms of trying to standardize on normative definitions of these principles. Whose definition of fairness or safety are we going to use? 
there's quite a lot of conflict right now within the field, and it can be polarizing at times. And what I'd like to do is have people have the conversation in a more diplomatic way, perhaps, than we're having it now, so we can truly advance this field. Which is also not something that I found very, very encouraging. I would think that uh, particularly someone who is as savvy as she is with uh, this much experience to know that perhaps even if I actually feel this, perhaps this is not the place to explicitly say that uh, to implicitly be mentioning people who are uh, making important statements in a rude and impolite way. That's not the way to, uh, to really handle this. Um, but other, ch- uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I should, uh, I should mention that, uh, Dr. Croak is black, uh, and Marion can be uh, is uh, can can apply to uh, uh, any any other people. So uh, we do have a black woman who's been put into this very very public facing role. So okay, there is that. Um, but let's talk about other changes that were revealed during that Friday uh, town hall meeting uh, for Google Research. Uh, Reuters got a recording of this hour long meeting, and uh, amongst the the, the implementation the stuff they're implementing as a result of the investigation they put in uh was they're going to be clarifying the rules regarding research papers quote sensitive topics reviews this was uh one of the triggers that caused uh, dr gebru to part ways with uh, with google um described by the head of uh, research as admittedly as confusing uh there's going to be new processes processes for bouncing employees if it seems to be a sensitive issue uh the ai division optimistically, is bringing in an outside consulting firm for a wide-ranging racial equity impact assessment, which will lead to specific and uh, tangible recommendations. Let's see how that works out. Uh, but let's, again, via Twitter, uh, let's uh, see what the uh, how this kind of went down. Uh, it turns out that the, eth- the ethical AI team had no idea any of this was going on until they actually saw the blog post and uh, heard the news at this meeting, even though they were promised they were going to be part of this process of evolution improving things. Uh, Dr. Alex Hanna via Twitter, again, I'm quoting uh, directly, it turns out that the ethical AI team was the last to know about a massive reorganization, which was prompted by our advocacy. This was not communicated with us at all, despite promises that it would be. Nothing about what we asked for has been addressed here. Sammy Bengio is no, is no longer in our reporting change. An apology has not been offered to Timnit by Jeff Dean or Megan Cacholia. Our our input for such an organization was solicited, but then decided upon behind closed doors. This is nothing short of a betrayal. We were told to trust the process, trust in decision makers like Marion Croak to look out for our best interests. But these decisions were made behind our backs. With that, we can leave leave that. We can leave that there because it does speak for Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. We'll be back after this. This episode of Material is brought to you by Mint Mobile. After the year we've all been through, saving money is on a lot of people's minds. If that's you and you're still paying insane amounts of money every month for wireless, what are you doing? Switching to Mint Mobile is the easiest way to save this year. As the first company to sell premium wireless service online only, Mint Mobile lets you maximize your savings with plans starting at just $15 a month. I mean, hey... We're not really leaving the house. Why are you paying for all of that data? I have found Mint Mobile to work just as well as my old plan. And the fact that it's only $15 a month means that I am saving a lot. And I still have access to all the basics that I need so that when I am out with my mask on, 
I've got my tunes to listen to. I've got the phone number where everyone can contact me. And it's still $15 a month. For people looking for extra savings this year, Myth Mobile offers premium wireless for $15 a month. Again, by going online only and eliminating the traditional costs of retail, Myth Mobile passes significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Myth Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Myth Mobile has you covered with their seven-day money-back guarantee. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for absolutely free, go to mintmobile.com slash material. That's mintmobile.com slash material. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash material. Thanks to Mint Mobile for their support of this show and all of Revelay FM. Okay, from Google's not dealing well with their employees department. <laughs> we go to something more everybody. cheerful. Uh, COVID-19, in case you need to be reminding this thing. <laughs> we're, 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 we're building a pyramid. We're going up. We're, we're going up on the happy, uh, on the happy. Meeting. But particularly because if the last uh, topic made you upset with Google, you might be happy to know that uh, California is not renewing its contract with uh, Alphabet's Verily company, a health organization, which uh, they had contracted for a year's worth of COVID-19 testing uh, uh, areas and and, uh, and systems. Um, the contract cost the state $62.5 million and covered 100 testing sites across 30 counties, but it wasn't making a lot of people very, very happy from the outset. It should be said that uh, they sh- verily should be credited for a situation. In March, they spun things up really, really quickly and a situation that nobody had anything going on, but now Verily was able to get something in play very, very quickly. Credit where there is due. However, things kind of tail off after that. Um, uh, Governor Newsom uh, at the time specifically said that the Verily testing sites would be covering some of the state's rural and urban communities that have been, quote, disproportionately affected, unquote, by COVID. Uh, however, from the earliest stages, Verily was criticized by public health, health experts for uh, what they termed a misguided yeah. approach towards targeting those vulnerable communities. Um, Dr. Jorge Caballero, a Stanford physician, uh, was one of these experts who were claiming that the testing program wasn't serving the state's poor communities. Uh, he told the San Jose Mercury News, quote, the whole strategy was just sort of backwards from the get-go. Why were we spending this money if it wasn't solving problems and it was creating additional problems? In addition, uh, a lot of the uh, a lot of citizens were reporting that the, uh, to get access to the, to the testing platform required a Google account uh, and uh, to, to just book appointments. That's good. And it was very, very difficult for Spanish speakers as well as for people without smartphones. They're also criticized because their tech company, they don't have the ability to process their own tests. So they had a subcontract mm-hmm. that work out. Uh, often at a very, very large markup. The target, I think, for individual testing was somewhere around $30. And the cost of a test done through through Verily Verily, uh, was uh, something around $80 to $120 (laughs) $120 per person. person. So, yeah. So that was – they weren't fired. They were simply (laughs) – again, it was – their contract was up and the contract was given to a different organization. I'm sorry. So we would not be renewing our contract with you. That's so wild to me. It's been great. Uh, we we think that you've been great. Uh, we think you're you're going to do great things after we're no longer doing any business with you whatsoever. <laughs> it's been great. 
Yeah, it's just, it was interesting. This came through my feed today uh, on Thursday when we were recording. And, you know, I took this test. I took it in an area that would be considered one of the impacted uh, urban communities where COVID testing was needed and necessary. And uh, it is just for what it's worth, I took it at Rite Aid. And I guess Rite Aid is like continuing its contract with Verily. It's the only <laughs> one that it's going to do. Oh my gosh, can you believe that? Like, I was wondering why they needed my insurance information. There is the whole thing about this COVID testing. I wanted to bring it to the podcast today to just show you as an example of what happens when we look doe-eyed towards Silicon Valley and let them sort of <laughs> solve the problems for us. What had happened is, remember, uh, ex-President Trump, I'm just going to call him that, uh, he was like, oh, the tech companies, they've got this whole database, blah, 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 blah. And the tech companies were like, uh, hey, engineers, we need you to come up with a database in like 24 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so basically what this was the result of. Um, and that's what happens when you push Silicon Valley to try and fix the problems that should be actually solved through a hundred other ways. <laughs> Yeah, it's the, the the thing is you can't help communities by going from the top down. You start at the you start at the community level, then work your way up. There's no How such you, thing as trickle down. Exactly. You, stop. 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 Yeah, <laughs> and that but and that, that's such an excellent point because I think a lot of people. I think one of the reasons why uh, Trump kind of latched on to, oh, everything's going to be fine. Look, Google has already created this wonderful, uh, wonderful system that's going to test everybody in California. is going to be the best testing situation ever. And, of course, nobody at Google had any idea what this man was talking about. Uh, but it does show that people put their faith in, oh, well, technology will save us. We'll just put some technology at the throat. Oh, wait, people are still getting sick. Well, Put another bag of technology on them. Just keep shaking more technology. Oh, oh at people them. aren't being helped by the technology. Technology sucks. We need to deregulate. <laughs> we or we need to regulate technology. We need to to blah blah blah. Yeah, guys, it's a cycle. Let's yep. just take a break. It's just again technology. But technology with your mask on. Yeah, and yeah. I and I my my sympathy for a lot of people. It, sometimes it's sometimes it's naive and sometimes it's stupid, but I have to I have to go with what I what I'm feeling. I do have to mention that again. This was a this is a personal first time situation. Really hard to to say what the, in retrospect how to how to watch it. However, you can look at the results and say that no, these were not the results that yeah. were, that were hoped for. Uh, and again, it just comes down to no matter what the problem is, if you're trying to address uh, help people inside a community, you start at the community. And then you figure out a way to connect that community to the resources that they need and the services that they need. You don't simply create, again, we've created this wonderful little carpeting of technology that will help everybody. And what do you mean? It's I don't care about these bulges and oh, deal with it. It's fine. It's fine. Look, it's technology. It's Orlon. It's it's carpet. It's, it's Scotch guarded. You'll love it. Uh, yeah. So, Are you going to use the same voice, Andy, for Wear OS? Uh, no, I, I, I might have to roll out a new one. Uh, so let's, I, uh, you know, okay, go, this is the, the theme of this entire show is Google taking it on the chin. Uh, 
and by taking it on the it's chin, I don't I don't mean that people like stealing up to it in, the, in a dark alley and hitting on the chin. I'm talking about Google stepping on a rake and just getting whacked in the face with with a big like six Poor foot shaft of, of hard ash. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so we got we got some updates on Wear OS. As anybody who has any experience with Wear OS over the past I don't know five years would know that basically they're bad, stupid, silly things that give us an excuse to continue to make fun of it. Uh, hey. Uh, have you? It turns out that you know the the hey the the hey Guillermo hot word hot word where yeah that wonderful thing where you just simply lift up your watch and you say activate the assistant and then you ask it a question it does useful things. It turns out that it's been broken for months and months and months and Google hasn't done very much. But about isn't that. that the selling point of Wear OS? Why yeah, yes, it exactly. is. Unfortunately, I'm, not right now. Yeah, you, you could not so much. I mean, you can still push buttons and activate it, but it's not the cool thing where you just speak into the damn thing and it, mm, it works things no. for you. Uh, Nine to five, Google uh, says that the issue first started showing up in, in November of 2020. Uh, and if you look ba- back at the Google issue tracker page, there's a report that uh, was filed in early November that has since received 974 stars from other users, indicating this was not an isolated problem. Uh, Droid Life found reports going f- as far back as June. Uh, if you take and look at other uh, other places, Google told The Verge that they're, quote, aware of the issues some users have been encountering, uh, encountering unquote, which I should say doesn't mention that they care but hey we're aware of it we're we're having a good laugh at, at everybody's expense as we have for the past three or four years regarding where os suckers uh and will they will be helping its partners quote address these and improve the overall experience so if you are for some godforsaken reason still wearing uh, a wear os watch don't worry uh, in so- soon it will be a poke in the eye with a blunter stick um but Again, just to, in case this has broken your faith that Google is still heavily invested in improving and adapting Wear OS to be competitive with uh, with uh, other smartwatches and and uh, and activity trackers, well, you know how we've all been yelling since day one. How come there's no screen recording feature on my watch? How come? I, I mean, not? I I had I actually have a post-it note next to like my on my monitor here say stop going on and on about how you refuse to wear this stupid second tier watch that can't even do screen recording because I know you guys are sick of it. I'm almost as sick of it as you are. But hey, help is coming. Uh, XDA developers uh, doing their doing the usual the way. yeah doing the usual yeoman's work of tearing apart. Uh, d- distributions of, of apps to look for interesting code or text that's in there. Uh, notice that there are strings inside uh, the uh, referring inside the Wear OS phone companion app referring to Wear OS screen recording, quote unquote. And so maybe this feature is coming soon. So don't worry. You, cool. Again, uh, battery life is two and a half hours on a good day. Uh, <laughs> you won't be able to use the assistant by calling it dis- attention. Uh, it's not very pretty. Uh, the interface is very, very slow and sluggish because it's using basically six or seven year old mobile chip technology. But the next time that you are want to post a disc video to TikTok about why you threw this watch into the river, you will be able to have a screen recording of exactly how bad this is a how big bad of bag of how big of a big bag of hurt this all was. And maybe you'll get more sympathy out of an audience. 
Uh, I am now lifting up, watching, lifting up to the to the camera. My recent purchase, which is a it's sim- so cute. which is a fitness band, it looks so good on you. Which is which is I'm wearing every single day simply because yeah. it doesn't do half as much as even a Wear OS watch, uh, let alone an Apple Watch. But the thing is, the things that it doesn't does, make it promises does, it can't keep. It does well, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, and and I was able to get a fashion band for it, even though it's a hundred and thirty dollar watch. So, thank you very much. Uh. Well, uh, we're gonna uh, before we go um, again. We've we've been uh, we you heard us talk about doing more uh, more uh, member specials, doing more uh, doing more on Discord. We are of course bringing uh, bringing this podcast roaring into the twenty teens, uh, making sure <laughs> instead of just giving you the podcast every week, uh, and we continue to tackle uh, the uh, Gmails, the, the viewer mails that we kind of we're not looking at for the past mm-hmm. year or two uh Sorry. today from the from the uh, crusty mailbag of uh, a message from patrick dunn <laughs> from december of 2019 thanks patrick thanks patrick uh love the show and the banter between you two also Flo, good luck on the birth of your first child thank that you went, that did went well she is a, she's now well. she had her first birthday and she is adorable so mm-hmm. <laughs> again it's I'm glad that she's not walking and talking because that would be really embarrassing. That that would be a level of embarrassment where maybe we shouldn't be answering. She, emails. she is talking ish. You know, she babbles. <laughs> da 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 na na na. <laughs> Just, is she, again, get, get, is she is she unboxing something while she says it? Because that that's monetizable. You can you she can is actually her. she loves she loves the Oculus box. She keeps unboxing it. There's nothing inside, but you know. <laughs> Uh, Patrick continues, uh, get ready for this. I have four children, ages 27, 25, 10, and 7. The 7-year-old keeps my 50-year-old self feeling young. There you go. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. I'm going to share uh, that with my husband because he's, yeah. God God, God bless you and a testament to your energy level that you can chase after a 7-year-old child. It's, it's very difficult even at, at my yeah. <laughs> age. Um, Andy, there's a question for you, but though, there is a question, from yes. Patrick. Big question for you guys that maybe I missed. Did Andy buy a Pixel 4 or a 3A? I'm switching back to Android to a 3A from an XR after trying one for a week, and I like it so much better. Feels good in the hand, and I have a fingerprint I wonder what back. he got. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, uh, I... I didn't buy a 3A, nor did I buy a Pixel 4. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did buy a Pixel 4A uh, okay. last year, and I'm very, very, I'm still very, very happy with it. I just don't see any anything that I don't like about it or anything that, oh, gosh, I wish I'd spent a little more and waited for the Pixel 5, or gosh, I wish that I'd spent <laughs> three times as much money for a Samsung or an iPhone. Uh, for uh, for uh, this tiny amount of money, I think I've got hell of a lot of a phone. Um, brings mm-hmm. to, br- brings to mind that there are rumors that uh, some people seem seem to think that they have renders of the Pixel Five A, and things are so discombobulated in terms of a regular like annual release schedule that I completely forgot that in a traditional like pre COVID uh, Google year, we'd be anticipating a. Uh, subscript lowercase a version of the pixel five in may to coincide with uh with uh, google io um and so oh we have that to look forward to uh and these renders if they are true and there's no indication that they're true or false it, they look suspiciously identical to the uh, pixel 4a 5g which was released uh, over the fall which would be lovely if they f- uh, found a way to make this $500 5G uh, version of the 4A even less expensive. 
that would be lovely as inexpensive as uh as the uh, as the 4a was uh again that would be perfectly lovely would love to see it uh, i would kind of like to see better than that right now but i understand that they not only is this a rebuilding year for google this is a rebuilding year for humanity so let's just have the let's just have the hopes that they will have a new phone out by the end of i don't know but but by the all-star break for major league baseball uh patrick <laughs> concludes uh by saying oh and by the way and it is great to have a fingerprint reader i'm so glad to have a fingerprint reader uh keep up the great podcast and i hope it continues on there you go we've continued we're on still here for, uh, we're still here we're still here <laughs> in, in so many ways we are still here we are so thank totally you, here <laughs> thank you for writing us like over a year ago i'm sorry it took us so long to read um but we're still here and if you want to write us you can email us from relay fm slash material which is our again home Relay. on the Dot web. FM. We have mm-hmm. we have one of those fancy new newfangled uh, uh, top level domains. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you can just simply email us at materialpodcast at gmail Yes, we're using Google. We're using Gmail. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. We are eating our own dog food or eating other people's <laughs> dog food. And if you would rather us not read your email uh, in the podcast, let us know. We will certainly do that. Uh, if you would like us to just uh, not mention your name, we can do that as well. It's all about you, and we are very, very happy to serve. So happy to serve. Exactly. Uh, so again, and also relay.fm slash material are places where you can, once again, sign up for memberships where we got so many good ideas going that after, after the, after the podcast book club, uh, idea of flows, I, I, uh, there's another idea that we discussed that was my, mm-hmm. my origination that we are, I, I made the $20 purchase that will fuel this uh, this idea we haven't i don't want to announce it yet okay but okay. it's but we we have discussed it uh flow was at least gave me that sort of okay this is crazy and stupid but i'm willing to let you <laughs> take ownership of this and run okay. with this okay. like like any good partner uh so but i'm very very excited about doing so we, we would very much like to be doing like more bonus episodes we usually do we used to do it maybe once or twice a year um when there's like a, a membership drive but there's there it's great to be able to do things that are kind of off the books where we don't have to justify it not that, not that, not that. Of course, uh, not a, not a good time to talk about this uh, about sticking to the topic when, of course, we spent the first five or ten minutes talking about 1990s episodes of Columbo. But you know that our <laughs> hearts are in the right place. That we're not going to yes. <laughs> we're not going to devote an entire episode to things no. that are kind of off book. But uh, bonus episodes are just that bonuses, uh, and <laughs> that uh, they they will be related to Google somehow, but maybe in mm-hmm. a more lateral way. There, anything you can tell. I think you can tell by. Uh, by the tone of my voice, how broadly I'm smiling, just thinking about some of these bonus episodes that we're considering. So hopefully you'll have a lot to look forward to uh, if you sign up for a membership. Again, go to relay.fm slash material. Uh, Flo, anything Oof. anything really wonderful and exciting and full of flowness that you'd like to people uh, to take a look at over the next week? I think I have an article going up at Gizmodo this week, so look for me there. Um, I had an article go up last week at Lifehacker on uh, the Google TV, the Chromecast with Google TV, so look for me there. And then FlorenceION.com and oh, that flow everywhere else on social media. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. I will be on my hands and knees with a flashlight on my forehead and in my hand, uh, examining every baseboard for that missing uh, Google Chromecast uh, with Google TV remote. Because I, I, if if it's 
it's possible this thing has done a Shawshank on me, and maybe it just deserves the win. It's like, I'm not mad anymore. I'm just Christ. impressed that a remote control <laughs> that never leaves the bed has gotten itself this lost. That's, that is some next level stuff. You are, you have outwitted me, outfoxed me, you are a worthy adversary. Uh, but in terms of things you can check out, uh, I've already recorded uh, my weekly NPR high tech Heidi Ho uh, on Boston's NPR station, WGBH. You can listen to it at WGBHnews.org. As, as always, you can stream the current show and previous shows. Uh, and uh, today, today, today was a fun one because we had a lot of more, more, more fun stuff to talk about than usual. So that's anything else we should say before we (gasps) sign off. That's it. Until next week, everyone be safe, wear a mask, be kind, Be safe, be happy, be healthy. Thank you for listening this week. Hope you listen to us again next week. Until then, have an awesome week, everybody. Bye. 